the stock market gives you avenues so these could be mutual funds these could be exchange traded funds right so there are multiple passive avenues available so just to give like a very uh, dumbed down version of what this is so instead of you doing the active stock picking someone else does it for you and they sort of issue another sort of uh, security to you so so that person would act as an intermediary for you and say for example you give 100 rupees to him or her and then he or she sort of goes to the market and buys these stocks that they find is compelling and they again issue a certificate to you against that and all of this happens digitally no rain folks hello and welcome back to the narain agarwal show today's episode is going to be one if you're interested in stock markets if you want to learn the basics of investing in the stock market with me i have an expert lucky to have him as a friend Mr Saket Mehrotra Saket is a chartered accountant and has also cleared the company secretary degree in India he has worked for ITC Philip Morrison two big corporate names in India and currently is a fund manager with Tusk Investments Saket has been an active follower of the stock market and number cruncher since a very early age and today we're lucky to have him on the show Saket welcome to the show thank you Narin thanks for having me Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here. The reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is because we've had a lot of conversations in private, and I thought might as well bring it on air so that other people could listen to this and benefit out of it. Uh, one of the a couple notable things about Saket guys is that um, his articles, his he runs his own blog as well, which has um, been read by over ninety thousand people. Uh, he has a loyal subscriber base that subscribe to his premium content. having said that a couple of his blogs went viral where uh, one of the most in, uh, famous investing sites investing.com picked up his blogs on companies like britannia or some other companies that i don't want to name where he did a tough forensic investigation on them uh, that caught a lot of attention and eyeballs if you're more interested you'll dig deeper and you can find out that um, but saket so happy to have you pleasure to be here narin Let me start off by literally asking Saket, what are shares? What is a stock? Yeah. So, Narain, uh, to understand uh, what exactly is a stock, right? We first have to understand what exactly is a company, right? So, say for example, today uh, you want to. Uh, I mean, we we continue to consume things around us, right? Whether we are doing a Google search or maybe having our coffee at Starbucks. So, say for example, let's take the example of. Uh, a company like say colgate right which makes toothpaste so colgate as a company would have at some point of time incorporated themselves as an entity so so this is basically more of a legal framework that instead of say for example if today you and i decide to start a company together and we start of uh, manufacture toothpaste and make it colgate so so we sort of have a entity made which is called say colgate limited and the first thing that we need is money right so we would want to raise money from people so i mean in order to raise that money we have multiple options you can go to say a private equity investor you can go to your friends and family right initially you would want to do that so say for example your friends and family say that they will probably contribute say 5000 rupees each but yeah. against that they need they need a proof or say they would need something from you in return rather than just your name or you know just like looking at your face so they would want a security or an underlying piece of paper against the money that they are giving so that that basically is a share or earlier it used to be called a share certificate over time like there used to be these physical share certificates over time with digitization all these got dematerialized so today you can sort of you know don't need to physically own these pieces of paper but these are all digitally owned through a very sort of advanced digital mechanism so simply put whenever you say for example investing in a particular company or putting money uh, behind say a particular stock you're given a share against that so share slash stock a lot of times are used interchangeably so if i were to get a little more technical so say for example if you have 10 shares that becomes a stock right so that's like a more of say a singular plural kind of a thing hmm. so typically it's like against your money you get a certificate and that certificate is a share so that promises you or that sort of guarantees you or gives you some sense of credibility that you own a piece of this business 
and that depends on how much money you put and how many shares you get awesome what a simple explanation i love that so a company is a third party entity and then you can pay some money and get a share a piece of that pie in return and that's what a share or a stock is sakit so if if it is a company that you're investing in and you're buying in the stock market it's often seen as gambling right a lot of people see stocks as gambling i would say a large majority who don't know much who are not much deep into it like you um they see it as a casino almost right a live casino uh, where you're allowed to put in your money make money and come out what's your opinion on that and how do you encourage people to look at shares yeah so that's a that's a very uh, that's a very valid as well as an interesting thought tarim uh, a lot of people still feel it's like the biggest gambling sort of network which is available in the world but let's sort of rewind a little bit here right typically what happens is when you when you look at asset classes that you want to invest in as an investor so let's take the example of say uh, say india right now right so in india if today you have the f- first the first concept before we look at investments and before we look at stocks let's understand the concept of expenses and your income right mm-hmm. so typically as an individual or or as someone who's just maybe come out of college maybe you've done an internship you've got some money or maybe you've got some pocket money from your parents right so that becomes like your source of income that is basically from where the money is coming into you and then you have your expenses right so say for example you would spend that money maybe on a netflix subscription maybe you go and buy a pair of shoes so those are your expenses so once you have a balance left so say for example you've got 100 rupees and you've spent 80 rupees 20 rupees becomes your savings right so now the concept of investment comes from savings so the first and the foremost thing that one needs to sort of think about before investing is am i saving my money or not because if i am not saving my money my investments are, are probably not going to be worth that much because i will ultimately have to maybe sell those investments to meet my expenses right so that's the first sort of basic equation that one needs to keep in their head now when coming back to our example right so when when i'm talking about this 20 rupees which is my savings i have i can either keep that money to myself and not do anything about it right i can just put it under my mattress that's that's sort of the first option that i have the second option is i can go and sort of put it maybe in a bank maybe in a fixed deposit account maybe in a savings account and that gives me a certain rate of interest so so that that typically are the two things that comes to anyone's mind uh so 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 that while that is important the other variable which sort of comes into play uh is is something called inflation right so today if you are spending 80 rupees and say for example you are buying shoes or you are buying say uh, a glass say say you are buying some groceries right uh after a year the same basket of goods that you are consuming today may not come to you at 80 rupees it might cost you a little more than 80 rupees right so that is where the concept of inflation comes in so what happens is over time and historically you know the data points are always available whether it's india whether it's the world historically inflation has always sort of gone up in a scenario where uh, you know countries make progress we we sort of make more money as a country we prosper our gdp per capita increases so inflation is something which is not in your control it can go up it can go down but as a investor or as someone who wants to protect its wealth it's very important to understand these two concepts so what happens is the first and foremost option that i told you that you put money under your mattress so next year also the worth of that money is 20 rupees in your head empirically but if you were to spend that 20 rupees maybe the purchasing power of that 20 rupees is no longer 20 it's actually a little less than 20 because inflation has come in or inflation has kicked in so which is why then you look at an option which is say a fixed deposit so you think that you've probably made 5% or 6% on that money over a period of year but at the end of the day again if inflation is maybe 7% you've probably ended up losing 1% of your money right so that typically is your uh, a baseline understanding of what savings is and what inflation is now typically uh, when when you look at investments or when you want to sort of take a really long term view right maybe a 10 year or a 15 year view uh you would want to look at an asset class that constantly beats inflation right 
which is where stock markets or capital markets sort of come in as a as a very uh, lucrative tool or as a very preferred mode of investment uh, in order to make sure that over a 10 year or a, over a 15 year period you are able to constantly sort of uh, you are constantly able to beat the inflation on a on a regular basis and in that process compound your wealth so typically when uh, first time investors come to stock markets because the prices keep flashing to you monday to friday from 9:30 to 3:30 that's in the indian context you get a tendency of having a lot of information overload right and that is when a lot of human behavioral biases kick in so you have something called you know there are multiple biases and i you know maybe even in the course of this discussion the time can fall short but just to give you some of those biases right. so say for example you buy a stock today at 100 rupees and maybe after a week it hits 200 right the first instinct you will have in your mind is i should sell this right because i have made probably 100% on on my right. on my initial investment only to realize that maybe after a 10 year period this stock went all the way up to 10000 right or the flip of this is also true you bought something at 100 maybe after one month you see the stock is no longer being traded so your worth your piece of paper which we discussed initially is now worth zero right <laughs> so which is why as an investor the first and the foremost objective that one should look at uh, when they are approaching stocks and when they are approaching investments is to have a really long term view that's number one number two you understand what the concept of inflation is right and number 3 you you get your equation right on your uh, income and expenses and savings right and then we can sort of look at what are the vehicles available for my investments so so yeah, to answer your review yeah. i would just like to review so far because it's it's really substantial and i think there's so much value that you've provided already so if if for example somebody took a note $1 note put it on their their pillow slept a 100 rupee note put it on their pillow and slept after 10 years maybe that 1 dollar 100 rupee would have bought them two pieces of bread today but after 10 years it will buy them one piece so literally guys if you're just keeping cash since everything is getting more expensive you are actually losing out because everything's gotten more expensive while your cash just stayed there so when saket said that after you save you put the cash under the pillow that stays but if you put it in the bank you might try and match as things get expensive the bank uh, returns might go up as as much as and and keep you at par with how things have gotten expensive the rate at which everything gets expensive is inflation right saket yeah absolutely so then you said that there is is a whole third avenue where instead of just keeping the cash or keeping it in the keeping it in the bank there's a third avenue which is the stock market where people can come and try and invest in a way that they could beat inflation they could make money at a higher rate their uh, the saved up money at can go in a higher rate than at the rate at which things are going up the prices of things are going up right yeah so again narin you know coming back to this example of stock market the stock market is is just a mechanism right it's it's a it's a marketplace just like you have amazon just like <laughs> you have flipkart right where you buy goods and someone sells them the stock market is exactly that right it just happens real time and you can look at the value of each transaction like in front of your screen that's happening right although i mean you can look at it real time but and and there's a lot of data that is available to you so it's just a mechanism for you to invest in stocks or at the same time become part owners in this business so let's understand something where you know i gave you that that uh, a little esoteric example of you know the 100 rupee investment going to 200 and you selling that is a trader mentality where you know you sort of enter a stock you buy something you see the value going up and then you sell it right so casino mentality right exactly right you are like okay i'm in the money i've made a made a decent return let me just cash in and go back home right so as long as your objective of entering into the market is that i mean okay that's fine you can have that objective but at the same time if you are really uh, looking at stock market as a place where you want to make long term wealth and sort of beat inflation constantly year on year you might have to look at a slightly long dated or a investor mentality rather than a trader mentality hmm. so a investor like think of yourself as 
uh, a million as a billionaire right and who probably writes checks for startups and maybe invests in companies that's something which all of us can sort of relate to right so today the capital markets or the stock markets give you an option to participate in companies say for example if i if i look at the indian context maybe uh, you know there's there's hdfc bank which has outlets almost say everywhere next to your house right so today sitting in your house maybe with as low as 2000 rupees you can end up being a part owner in that bank by buying a share of this again going back to our initial example where we discussed what a share is and what a company is right let's let's take a global context so maybe you're a big fan of using apple products maybe you use an iphone and you're seeing them you know really kill it by selling you know models after models in every year whenever they have the apple event so you can just go ahead and buy maybe 100 dollar worth of apple shares no one is stopping you from doing that and by buying shares in apple you become a part owner in apple like think of yourself maybe sitting on the on the board room right maybe telling tim cook hey what's up so <laughs> obviously to reach that level you'll have to acquire a substantial quantity of shares but even by buying one share you become a you become a part owner in that company so having that mindset will change things dramatically for you and the 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 issue that i see here a lot of times and again from my experience is that you know somewhere someone sends you a text message or somewhere someone calls you up and says hey why don't you buy stock abc i feel this is going to go up and then you you're like okay let me just buy it right now without knowing what the company does without knowing uh, you know what business the company is in or hey how the numbers of that company are you're just parting away with your hard earned savings right so which is where mm. the the losers sort of fallacy comes in and you know and then there are other behavioral biases that kick in which we can discuss later but the but the prime objective that i'm trying to tell you is look at look out for companies or look out for brands that you're familiar with see that okay if it makes sense do you feel that okay maybe in the next 5 or 10 years this is not going anywhere i mean you could be wrong right but if you are on the right side you can sort of significantly end up making a lot of money based on if if your bets are right i mean again coming back to the the casino mentality discussion in a way you are betting but as long as you make a informed bet uh you know the chances are you might come on the right side more rather than being on the loser side wow another way I, i'm thinking about what you're describing is let's say you go to see a horse race so when you have the investor mentality maybe you actually own the horse you feed it you nurture it you take care of it and you want the horse to win um in the race and you invest in the horse in the long run you know uh, you buy it but when you have the trading mindset you just go on the horse stand you just think of a lucky number you put your money in kind of see if that horse wins without having any context whether your horse is capable whether it's competitive whether it can actually end up winning in the race or not it's just a stride of luck that somebody else told yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i mean that's 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 also a great uh, example narain and uh, you know even if you find all of this very overwhelming right you're like okay i don't have the bandwidth or i don't have the sort of uh, mentality to look at these companies or understand whether they have a competitive advantage or not uh you know the and but somewhere you still feel that okay stock market is somewhere where i should have my money invested in what can i do right which is where you have the concept of passive investing so again let me sort of introduce this these two yeah. terms so yeah. what we've been discussing until now that is more to do with active investing right so active investing is when you go and pick up these stocks uh which you find are compelling but again you know uh investing in stocks come with comes with its risks and which is very important uh as a investor you cannot eliminate the risk but you can reduce the risk right so which is why when we say or when we discuss companies like say uh, apple or uh, hdfc bank these are like probably the bluest of the blue bloods of 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 corporate india and corporate uh the world over so 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 a lot of people may not have that bandwidth to do it but even if somewhere in their head they think that okay we need to be invested in stocks the stock market gives you avenues so these could be mutual funds these could be exchange traded funds right so there are multiple passive avenues available so just to give like a very uh, dumbed down version of what this is so instead of you doing the active stock picking someone else does it for you 
and they sort of issue another sort of uh, security to you so so that person would act as an intermediary for you and say for example you give 100 rupees to him or her and then he or she sort of goes to the market and buys these stocks that they find is compelling and they again issue a certificate to you against that and all of this happens digitally so instead of you uh, taking the risk of going and directly buying these companies without knowing whether they will function well or not you entrust your money to a professional who does it for you that is all that the concept of a mutual fund or an etf is right and again you know etfs are again a much sort of uh, they are sort of similar in some way but we'll probably get into the details later but overall what what i would say is even if you're very overwhelmed and even if you think that uh, this probably is not something which i would ideally want to do you have tools and mechanism available for you to sort of do this that's awesome you almost preempted because i was going to ask you what a mutual fund is given it's such a popular uh, name in the stock market world so so if i if i correct if i correctly get you a mutual fund is a me giving the money to the fruit seller and saying hey you know the fruits better than i do at this point you just get me the best of the fruits and just get me a basket rather than me going and picking fruits in the basket for myself having known that i probably trust the fruit seller more than myself in the knowledge of the quality of fruits exactly that's that's summed up in a in a great way narin and uh, the only thing here is obviously the fruit seller would uh, would want to charge say a percentage of whatever great yes, fruits he's uh, picked up for you so 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 don't get bogged down by a lot of details that hey some of my money is getting lost but as long as you're getting nutrition on a daily basis by <laughs> someone who knows how to pick up these good fruits from say a basket which could have bad apples as well as good apples i think you're home you should not mind maybe out of that 100 rupees if one or two rupees is going to say the fruit seller to sort of manage these fruits and vitamins and nutrition for you you need not worry too much about that <laughs> that's awesome sakit i want to ask you um, what is the importance of saving um because i think in in the modern generation especially our generation um around the world i've seen this uh, having lived in in multiple continents for a given period of time visited multiple countries that um saving is a value that's getting lost it used to be there especially in india one generation ago maybe in the us two three generations ago it was almost a value that you must save saving was done with pride but nowadays um you got to buy the new stuff you know saving is not really taken care of you you know you have multiple credit cards you pay off one credit card then you pay off the other pay off the third and the fourth where does saving come into play because you've mentioned this and second you are somebody who notices and focuses on expanding wealth so where does all that uh, saving play in all this yeah so uh, narin that's a great question and uh, i think saving as a concept you know as indians we've had sort of a i would say a legacy or a history of being on the conservative side or you know having a high saving rate when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world uh, so that is is one part of what we've seen historically happen whether that will happen in the future or not uh, we might see there are trends that are showing where uh, you know where you say the gen z or the millennial sort of uh, movement of uh, maybe buying the latest gadget or buying the latest sort of i don't know pair of shoes that's coming out so uh, yes i mean indulging is is great because that is at the end of the day that is why people earn their money and you know they sort of save uh, but as long as you know that there is a cap or there is a there is sort of a tap which is you know not available all the time or you know that okay if say for example i am earning 1000 dollars a year maybe okay 200 dollars is is like a reasonable amount that i can spend on maybe buying the latest iphone or maybe you know buying my pair of favorite sneakers right so as long as you have uh, that first bucket in your head and to some extent uh, again it's easier said than done if you are able to sort of stick to that right because having a plan is is very important and i read this somewhere uh, if you are sort of if you are sort of failing to plan you're planning to fail yeah right? yeah that's a so, that's so, put by john wooden one of the legendary basketball coaches yeah, yeah. Preparing, so preparing to fail yeah 
Yeah. So it's important for you to sort of have that uh, plan in the first place. I mean, okay, on some years you'll go a little overboard or you'll go a little underboard on that, and which is fine, right? Because at the end of the day, we are all human beings, and we have a social fabric to us, and we need to have certain commitments here and there. Again, this is more esoteric in nature, but coming back to our discussion, uh, that's that's one part. You need to have sort of the broad contours as to how much you can do here and there. Uh, but having said that, if maybe you're earning hundred rupees and you're ending up spending maybe one twenty or one thirty rupees by taking on say leverage or maybe your credit card debt, that is something that you need to be really cautious about, or that is somewhere or sometime that you need to start worrying. that okay this is not the way to look at things unless you feel by spending that much money maybe you're investing in yourself it could be say for example you're trying to attend college or maybe uh, you've realized that you're great in music and there is some course that is helping you sort of hone your music skills because the very first investment which is very essential is on your is 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 on your own self if if there if you're sort of deviating from that path to do this it's great uh because then i think the biggest bet or the biggest investment you can make is on is on your own self and as long as you don't do that uh maybe staying relevant could be a challenge in this ever changing world so so that's important and uh uh i've i've covered the the plan part of it and the second part is 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 on on where this money is going but say for example if you are spending 150 rupees in things that you don't need is again a quote by Warren Buffett if you keep buying things that you don't need you might have to end up selling things that you need right hmm. so so as long as you're not doing that i think you're home but be cognizant of that fact and narin somewhere i feel today the way technology or the way uh, you have the overload of information available all around today millennials are actually talking about personal finance or investing way ahead of maybe how you and i would have thought right so so that also is a is a positive trait when i see at things but again it comes with its downside so today everyone wants to just go ahead and put all their money in crypto even if they have no idea about what it is uh, so so that's that's again the the downside to this so it has come with its share of pros and cons uh, i am more of an optimist and i'm more of a because you know i i have always a bullish bias when i look at things so i feel that over time maybe people will make wiser choices but at the same time there are risks to what we see around i think uh, the the pros will out, always outweigh the cons awesome sakith you mentioned the word bias once again and i want to learn a little more about what kind of biases might be at play when somebody is investing in the stock market when somebody starts off and i think the yeah narin so the the list is endless i'll just like sort of uh, try and cover the combine yeah yeah so so the first and the foremost bias is is something called a sunk cost bias right mm-hmm. uh, what does a sunk cost mean so say for example you put 100 rupees in an investment and you know this investment has gone bad or say for example the company said that hey you know we we we, we didn't do things well and you know we are in deep trouble mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, you realize maybe you bought that stock at maybe 100 rupees you bought one one share for 100 rupees mm-hmm. and due to a slew of bad news and bad reasons those the value of that stock went to 20 rupees right so it dropped maybe 80% and suddenly you realize that hey my buying cost was 100 today it's at 20 let me put some more money right and let me average my buying cost up or let me average my buying cost down so say you you in your head you are thinking okay i spent 100 rupees i got one piece of the share today if i spend 100 rupees i'll get five pieces right uh, or i'll get five units of the share so so i'll have a good sort of average buying price so what we end up doing as investors uh, or or this is again where the human bias kicks in where we think that this initial 100 rupees that we had put uh, and because the price is now gone to 20 we will keep investing money until we bring the initial price or the initial purchase price of our investment down to a level where tomorrow say if this goes from 20 to 40 we'll sort of sell it and make money right so the bias that is here is called a sunk cost bias so to understand the bias let's understand what sunk cost means so if you've put 100 rupees and for some reason it has gone bad 
accept the fact that okay i have made a bad decision and move on in life which is very very important but a lot of times again you know human nature sort of comes into play and you think that no hey you know i am what i am <laughs> maybe the market is not sort of discounting things that i am seeing right uh, so so you sort of keep putting your money and this bias in your head is there that okay my initial purchase price was so high let me try and bring it down but in reality what has happened is this money has probably gone and and it's probably not coming back but somewhere in the back of the head even after knowing all of this you will continue to keep putting money because there's a inherent bias in your behavior right right so that's one uh there is something called a recency bias so say for example you've seen a uh, maybe you started investing in 2009 right after the housing crisis hit you would not have probably touched banks you saw that in 2008 all the banks went belly up there was a big subprime mortgage that happened so a lot of housing finance companies went bust in the us and so on uh, so maybe when you started investing in 2009 or 10 you would have not looked at these companies in the first place because you feel that what has happened in 2008 might just happen again in 10 again in 11 so there's a recency bias hmm. so maybe by doing this you could have missed missed out on or, or missed out on a great opportunity that was there in the housing space which just because of an inherent bias you failed to look at so that sort of is another bias that that uh, one can think of so so there's a sunk cost bias there's a recency bias and you know the, the list is endless right uh, and and it's very important and these are you know inherent limitations to decision making not just when it comes to investing but you know in real life so as a as some as someone who wants to take decisions in a better way uh, it's important to sort of look beyond these biases yeah. it's not easy but if yeah. you make a conscious effort maybe you would sort of be able to hover over these nice saket um you are somebody who is a number cruncher right you you get into the logic of the stock you look at the reports you look at the numbers um and then you've also done your chartered accountancy your cs degree uh, which is also to do a lot with number crunching and the logic aspect of it but you also talk about these biases which is a totally emotional innate human nature yeah what percentage would you give like what amount of emotional intelligence would you say is required and what amount of intellectual intelligence is required to do decently well in the stock market Narendra that's a great question and I'll just quote what I heard from Professor Ashwath Damodaran who's regarded as like uh he he is like regarded as a thought leader in when it comes to valuations and investing so he had uh, he had given a very important uh he had given a very important premise uh to a talk that he had given is that when you're looking at stocks there are two uh, important things that you need to look at the first is are you a number cruncher or are you a good storyteller right and these two elements sort of work hand in hand and you know i either you're a number cruncher or you're a storyteller the 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 benefit lies in the fact if you know that you're a great number cruncher you need to work on the fact that how do i understand narratives or how do i understand storytelling if you're a great storyteller you need to sort of probably develop some level of skills in understanding how number crunching works uh so once you have the best of both worlds you can make better decisions when it comes to investing today thanks to technology and thanks to like availability of lot of information that you see on an ongoing basis being an expert in either of these two things is no longer a challenge yes uh, maybe you know my ca degree or my sort of experience in working with numbers gives me a certain degree of edge when it comes to say analyzing numbers but that it is not something which a computer cannot do or there is not something which a software can't run a few screens and give you the answer to so so what really becomes important is a how much of as you said emotional intelligence you are putting it at play and whether you are able to relate that with the numbers so say for example uh you know narain recently we were we were speaking about music streaming and you know i had written a twitter thread on it uh so so just to sort of relate numbers right so when i look at say the indian market i see the total market the total music industry in india is worth around 1300 crores that's not even uh, 200 million dollars right but when i look at the global music industry 
that industry is worth 20 billion dollars right so so today if if i were to just do a rough math we're not even 1% of what the global music industry is now the global music industry has a bigger share of pie that's coming from streaming but yet in that streaming pie of the global business the share would probably be around 50 to 60% but in india this 1300 crore market size that we're talking about 85% of it is coming from streaming so we might be miles behind where the global market is but in terms of the trends we are spot on so so once you are able to sort of you know relate these narratives so 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 the first part to to the discussion that we just had is how well are you able to look at numbers how well you are able to relate numbers from say uh, maybe looking at it from a global perspective looking at it from a country perspective and then probably going down to a particular company so that's called a top down approach right and the second part comes whether you are able to catch on onto these narratives maybe uh, someone who's of my dad's age he would probably not understand how streaming works in the first place unless someone explains it to him that hey this is what's happening because in his head he would still want to look at a cd or a cassette or maybe someone who's sent him something on his phone right or maybe youtube but how the economics behind that work is important for one to understand to sort of really look at it in terms of when it comes to putting a investment through in say a particular company or sort of in the space nice saket so what percentage would you give to eq and iq if i would ask you for a percentage i think uh, narin it's it's 50 50 so that's still a big number for eq because everyone thinks stock market if you just very intellectually smart you can make it but i guess it doesn't always work like that as history has shown right exactly in fact uh, you know there have been some great investors who actually done nothing and just like saw some trend happening somewhere and i read this in a in a book by peter lynch who was also a legendary uh, wall street investor is that he discovered body shop he didn't even know what body shop does but he discovered body shop when his wife used to go with him to the mall and sort of buy these cosmetics from from that store that is how he got to understand what body shop does maybe wall street would be too late in understanding what body shop does maybe as a retail individual investor you can get on to that trend way earlier than say when the big guys have got in right so that is and that is what he talks about in the book as a message as well that sometimes the innocence or uh, the 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 candidness of the individual individual retail investor can go a long way where say uh, someone like say an institutional guy or someone who does it professionally is too bogged down with models and numbers and narratives that he may not look at what's actually happening hmm. right and you know he he actually started off that book and i just want to quote this example is where he just went to a bunch of school kids and told them that why don't you give us names of 10 companies that you like right and we'll sort of build a portfolio around these 10 companies right and these kids they just quoted names of companies that were around them so say they talked about nike they talked about mcdonalds they talked about coke uh, they 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 talked about metal which which is making hot wheels right and you know he 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 created a basket of these 10 companies which were listed and that basket of 10 companies had actually beaten the best performing fund on wall street that year right <laughs> so wow. i mean those kids don't know like what a pnl or what a balance sheet is they just talked about companies that they look around themselves and they are surrounded by and just imagine and he did this uh, statistical exercise to sort of drive home the point is that even if you don't understand all of this or all of this is too complicated for you to get in although it's always advisable you you try and get some overhang or some understanding about what's really at play and then uh, you know so 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 his point was even like these kids despite not knowing anything ended up beating the best performing fund on wall street that year <laughs> that's insane that's that's too amazing a story you know uh, sometimes we get so much in the books that we forget the streets <laughs> this is about it's about seeing what happens on the street <laughs> that's exactly. awesome saket if someone were to start investing uh, what's the easiest way to get into it do they go through a broker do they go through these modern apps that have come up and could you name some apps i know in the us robinhood is very good for retail investors who wants who want to start getting into it 
um who, what would you recommend for people um, maybe now in india yeah so uh, anurin as you rightly said uh, in us robinhood is is quite great in fact i still speak to a few of my friends who started investing and they've been using this app and and i, and I heard the ui is quite uh, user friendly in india you know uh, if you have a bank account with say uh, maybe a maybe a bank like hdfc bank or maybe kotak so all of these banks have a integrated sort of dmat account offering so so to in order to buy stocks you need a dmat account uh, which is a dematerialized uh, as we mentioned right so those physical share certificates no longer uh, trade uh, in and trade out so it's all happens digitally so so these banks can open an account for you uh, on your behalf or you can sign up you know with with say a zerodha i personally use zerodha so so that's uh, so that i i i like how their whole ui and ux is so you can easily go and open an account with say uh, either these brokers if you have a bank account with them you can just call up your relationship manager or wealth manager or um, you can just do it online right everything today happens quite easily or you can open an account with zerodha uh, if you think that maybe your bank is not giving you that sort of a value in terms of an integrated account opening uh, so that's that's number one you need to have a dmat account number two uh, my my only sort of suggestion/advice would be do not directly go into investing stocks because even like the best of the best stocks can cause uh, you know you might not know when when things hit south unless you are particularly sure and you know what you're getting into so i mean if if you understand uh, maybe so 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 you might just drink starbucks coffee every day and you think it's a it's a great stock that one can own but do you really understand what goes behind making that coffee or say how the business economics of starbucks works right so unless until unless you don't have an understanding of that i would strongly advise not to initially look at it at you know a pure play uh, getting into individual stocks so maybe start off with a mutual fund uh, or maybe with an etf which wherein some of this risk is cut right at the bud because you have a professional uh, professional manager who's sort of taking care and ensuring that the risks are minimized and your best interests are kept in mind so again uh, your example of the fruit seller rather than directly going and plucking fruits from the tree right uh, so so that's that's number one the dmat account number two is is do this and i think have a systematic plan in place so you know a lot of you might be in jobs a lot of you might be having a regular source of income so for those people you know automate your whole process if say you're earning 1000 uh, rupees a month uh, think of it as you're earning maybe 800 rupees a month or maybe 900 rupees a month right so just don't think you're earning that much just think you're earning a little less and let that money automatically get debited from your account into these funds every month whenever your salary hits so this is something called a sip which is called a systematic investment plan wherein every month a particular sum of your income goes into these investments and uh, you know over time what happens is whether the markets have gone up 10% or whether the markets have tanked 30% over time this sort of ends up in giving you a good accumulation of capital or accumulation of units that ensures that you need not time the market because timing the market is a very futile exercise no one knows when the market is stopping no one knows when the market is bottoming up some people might get it right some people might get it wrong there is a 90% chance you won't right even the best of the best fund managers in the world have never been able to time the market well so so that sort of could be a good starter for you to get into this uh yes be a little try and be a little aware of what are the things that are happening around you uh as i said right there could be trends that you can spot on but maybe wall street hasn't spotted on yet and maybe get on those trends early but be very sure before you take these stock specific bets rather than uh, getting your regular money invested through passive vehicles which could be a mutual fund or an etf nice thank you saket and um i'm i was wondering also would you recommend for people to go and do um they, this exercise on the virtual platform let's say they don't have access to money right now they just want to practice there are these platforms that allow you to play with fake money right so you could actually uh, model the stock market but this would be virtual and fake money that you could use on the platform just to test your grounds and see how you're doing 
do you recommend something like that uh frankly no narin uh in fact because when it comes to your real money right the accountability that you will have in tracking those investments will be way higher yeah. than it comes to maybe fake money i still remember in first year of college uh you know there was news that jet airways in india was was being taken etihad was investing uh, in jet airways in, in in india and this was back in 2011 or 2012 and i had bought one share of jet airways but the fact that this news was going on it actually uh, you know enticed me or it it made me so excited the whole time that i was just keep on checking how is that one share of mine doing right uh-huh. so so the moment you have real money involved you know somewhere your emotions get removed and you will start acting or thinking a little rationally when you are seeing the money sort of move up and down over time i mean and the idea still remains you don't look at the screen all the time but in order to get that framework or in order to get the whole uh, uh, i would say process you have to start off with real money i mean even as a student even if you have 100 rupees right you can start a i mean uh, you can start a sib with as low as 100 rupees so today the market gives you the opportunity to do that and with the plethora of information that's available and with uh, thanks to upi and the digital ease that you have it's no longer a big hassle for you to sort of get into it so uh, okay i mean these these platforms are great but uh, i think they are only meant for a great source of entertainment but if you really have to understand this you have to put real money to work don't start off with putting everything start off with maybe 100 rupees maybe this could go to 1000 maybe you start with 10 dollars right no one's telling you to go ahead and put your 10000 dollars or bet the whole house but uh, but starting off with a very small amount of money will give you some sense of understanding even if you make mistakes the the chances of you losing out would be would be very low nice sakith last question i have for you today and it's going to be a tough one um some people say that this whole industry this finance industry um is too crowded and it's it's not needed that so many people are putting so much effort just to allocate money from here to another just to move um it would be better if people go out and create stuff and this is something that is not um you know productive for society at large mm-hmm. what would you say no so narin uh, i don't think uh, that's that's the way to sort of look at it because uh, you know we are living in a world that uh that is more capitalistic i would say rather than say socialistic which was maybe at some point of time or it still exists in some parts of the world but the way to uh see forward or the way to look forward is is sort of uh how capitalism works so the stock market or the whole financial services space is just a mechanism to further that goal right whether you're someone who wants to start a company whether you're someone who already has a company right uh whether you need to raise money to sort of scale up if you are an existing company you need raise, you need to maybe raise money to maybe start a new plant the financial services space gives you a bouquet of products that can help a startup or it can also help an established company that's that's point number 1 point number 2 is if you go back if you go back in time maybe 15 20 years ahead or maybe even 30 years back uh maybe a bank interest rate would probably be at 12 or 13 or percent uh and today the bank interest rates are at what 2 or 3% globally the 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 interest rates have sort of went to a level which is maybe negative in some countries right so globally what has happened and even in the us you know uh governments have realized that they can't take the risk of pension or maybe they can't take the risk of your retirement accounts on their balance sheet right so even the government has a balance sheet that needs to be uh, taken care of and needs to be managed well so what has happened is the risk has been decentralized so instead of say the government's owning those risks or say a certain financial institution owning a risk the risk is today uh, fairly in a in a system where it has been decentralized to to a to a very sort of large extent now why, what do i mean by saying this so today for example in india you have the national pension scheme which is the nps which takes care of your pension Uh, if you are investing your money after you retire so even in nps a big part of their exposure is going into equities right which is where uh, the nps also is ensuring that your long term interests are taken in fact what could or if you let's 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 look at it from a world view where you have sovereign wealth funds 
so there could be a canadian pension fund there could be a norwegian student fund right uh, norwegian teachers fund right so these companies today or these funds today are looking at avenues uh, where they can invest for the long term so they are coming in to countries like india and maybe investing in our markets so somewhere uh, and imagine these guys uh, for them protecting their investor interests is paramount because let's face it you're talking about someone's pension here right so when these uh, sort of funds or these uh, i would say avenues are investing in equities right and they know that this money is not going anywhere for the next 20 years so these long dated funds are looking at equities i think uh, that can give you some sort of uh, uh, i would say validation at the same time some sort of uh, understanding into the fact that globally people have moved the risk away from the system and that risk somewhere is decentralized among people that's my sort of moot point uh, but having said that it's not that these uh, these objectives are not needed or the the whole financial service is not needed in fact uh, a lot of innovation also comes in from here so today if you are able to maybe uh, maybe buy groceries or by say the click of your button somewhere a financial intermediary is acting there as well using technology right so mm-hmm. ultimately i would say uh, and there's still a large proportion of people uh, not just in india but in the world that are still unbanked so there are still people who probably don't have a bank account who are not in the financial system so getting access to capital for them becomes difficult so which is where the 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 services or the financial services industry works as an intermediary to sort of ensure that everyone gets into the system and everyone has better access to capital so if you're someone who's doing well and if you can sort of raise capital and you can continue to do well it's not a it's not a zero sum game right it's a positive sum game so wherein it's not that if you're winning someone else is losing this is a scenario where everyone can win right so that's that's very important i would say to to sort of uh, sum things up Awesome, Saket. What a wonderful conversation! I'm so happy that we spoke about the ifs and hows and buts of the stock market, but we also covered like human emotion and intelligence and um, EQ. <laughs> awesome. Anything you want to say at at the end? So, um, Narine, I I also had a had a great uh, conversation, and you know, I was able to. I'm happy that I was able to sort of bring the whole range. I hope I've done justice to you and your listeners' time, uh, and I hope they find this to be valuable. uh love doing what you've been doing and uh, and just keep doing it and thanks uh, thanks a lot for again for having me thanks for coming to the show brother so happy to have you cheers man